everybody. It is Wednesday again, and it's another time for a awesome show of Snipes and Stripes with my partner, Tim Peel. I am Jeremy Runnick. Welcome to NoFilter.net. Snipes and Stripes, where you get the goal scorer's opinion, and you get the referee's opinion. Tim Peel, my partner, how are we doing this Wednesday? You look beautiful today. Well, I got a Christmas party to go to after, buddy, but you look great. It's only fitting that you're doing the show from a sporting goods store in... Uh... Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, thanks for giving me the plug. I'm actually. I just did a whiskey event at Bertelli's Liquor Store here in West Springfield, Massachusetts, just outside of Hartford, Connecticut. And now, I'm in their hockey store, Bertelli's Pro Shop, and it is an awesome hockey store. They have everything you can ever want in hockey, and they're a great family, and they've been great hosts to me. So uh, we're going to give a little uh, shout out to Bertelli's Pro Shop here in West Springfield. If you're ever in the area, you got to come see them. They have the greatest, greatest. Um, we call them packies out here, right? And they they have my my whiskey in the wild. So they are sponsoring my whiskey in the wild, just like Snipes and Stripes. I have my whiskey and have a lot of fun. And I know we have another great sponsor that you're going to uh, that you're going to talk about. Uh, Bet online. They're also a great sponsor. We got to get them on the board here. So take that away. Absolutely, buddy. The only people that don't get time off this year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With the NHL, NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering in info available. You need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use your pro- promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. And you and I will have some picks later on tonight uh, for our uh, listeners to go on Bet Online and and hopefully uh, win some money. Hey, doesn't it suck getting old? Because you have to put your glasses on. I see you holding up. I, I see you holding up your phone to make sure that you have the light on it so you can see. It just it's, sucks, buddy. It does suck. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I'm 27 year old number, but I'm actually hey. 57. So, hey, listen. By the way, there's a lot of times that I thought that you had the same problems when you were ref and you had those glasses, had the glasses on back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that one before. You're right, though, pal. Well, we're, we're going to have a great show tonight. We have a couple topics that we're going to hit um, after we have our, our guests on our show. And, you know, you've pulled in some great guests, Tim Peel. You, obviously, you have a very, very good rapport with a lot of players in the National Hockey League, both past and present. And to al- actually get players that are playing in the game right now to be able to take time out to jump on a podcast and talk about their careers is pretty awesome and you've uh you found another great one to have on tonight we'll let you kind of introduce who we're going to have and we'll we'll bring them on as soon as uh as soon as we see them pop up in that knock button uh, yeah you know what uh, i'm excited we've got pat maroon on tonight three-time stanley cup champion which as you know this is remarkable he's the only player in the history of the nhl to win three stanley cups post uh uh expansion in the post expansion era you know, obviously the Islanders did it and so on in the 80s and the Oilers did it and so on. But since expansion has gone to 31, 32 teams, he's the only guy to win three Stanley Cups. It's a remarkable story. I knew him. He's a St. Louis kid, uh, was a roller hockey player, 
played in uh, the North American Hockey League for John Cooper. And uh, for him to go on and have the career that he's had is remarkable. And I'm really excited to talk to him tonight. Yeah, he, <laughs> you, you want to talk about having the, the luxury of riches, right? <laughs> the luxury of riches, winning three Stanley Cups. I battled for 21 years, and I made it to the Stanley Cup final once. Uh-huh. And I believe, and I believe the best team that I was ever on is 2004 Flyers. We should have won the cup that year, but we had so many injuries. We lost in Game Seven to Tampa. They were a good team too. We remember that team with Danny Boyle and and Le Cavalier and St. Louis and Tortorella at the helm. But I see our guest is knocking at the door, so we're going to jump in and bring on Pat. And I, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to this guy. Uh, I never really spent any time talked to Pat. I think I interviewed him a couple times uh, when I was working for that that other network, that god awful network that I used to work for. But uh, there he is. Look at look at this beautiful beautiful man, Pat Maroon. I'm, <laughs> hey Pat, I'm so happy that you figured out how to how to work all these computers and this technology because yeah. I am not good technology wise. So I'm very happy that you found a way to sift through all the technology and join Tim Peel and I on Snipes and Stripes. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited because I'm a huge fan of yours. I haven't talked to you very much. I don't know you that well, but I can't wait to ask you a couple questions about your career that, um, gosh, it's just, I'm sure you tell some good stories. I can't wait to hear them. So thanks for joining, (laughs) Pat. Thanks for joining, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Patty, big, big. Let's start off uh, last night. Big win in Boston. Not an easy place to go into. Uh, I think Marshawn tied it up late, and uh, I appreciate you taking it on a day off. I know you guys are at home tomorrow. I appreciate you taking the time. What was it like last night? Getting on the bus, getting on the plane. Are you guys are like? How does that feel? Okay, we gave up uh, the lead late, but we won it in overtime. Tell us a little bit about that. About that. Yeah, I thought uh, last night was a good character win for us. I thought, you know, both teams bring a little jam and a little toughness to the table, and we we knew it was going to be a long-fall battle. We just got to stick with it. But I thought our first period was just okay. I thought in the second period we came out, we played our game, we got our physical game back. Uh, we started lugging pucks down low, uh, slowing down their, their D, their D jump up in the play a lot. They create a lot of offense, and I thought we did a good job of that in the second. And, the third, we just came out and we did the same thing in the second, and uh, we found a way. We just stuck with it. We were down two one. We kept sticking with it. Every line was doing this, doing whatever it took. I think the simple things and just getting pucks in and kind of wearing them down a bit, throwing pucks, second, third opportunities, and we got rewarded, and then we got rewarded again, and then uh, we took a late penalty there. But even though we gave up that goal, uh, we still had faith in the group to. We knew it was a big win. We needed those two points because. The West is tight, as you guys can see. Uh, yeah. we're, we uh, dug ourselves a hole here, so we got to find ways to get out of it, and we've, we've done a good job of that uh, as of late, the last 11 games here. What, what's the attitude like in the locker room? Because I, obviously you guys have gone through a, a, a pretty tough stretch, and it's never, it's never good when you lose your coach, when a coach gets fired. And, and it's obviously it's take it personally as players, but um, – that that city that you're playing in is a it's it's a big hockey city, and it, lots expected over there. Um, tell me tell me what it's what it's like in the locker room right now, and what what has been kind of the mentality through the beginning of the season? Because you guys started off on fire, and then all of a sudden you had to 
regain it again? Is, has it been kind of a, a whirlwind sort of season? And how are you guys dealing with it? Yeah, absolutely. I think in the beginning of the year, we were struggling. Obviously, we were finding ways to lose every single night. We are finding ways to give up four or five a night, and we were trying to score four or five a night. I don't think that's ever going to work in the NHL, especially moving forward as a group. And if you want to make the playoffs, I don't think giving up four or five a night is going to win. So, um, obviously, losing Dean was tough on the players. He's been there for a long time, and most of those guys had him for the last five years as a head coach and a couple of years prior as a, as an assistant. So um, they knew Dean a lot, but obviously um, Billy thought we needed to um, get rid of, I guess, we needed to change, and Dean obviously was out. And uh, it wasn't on Dean. It was on the players. It was on the group. We just weren't executing. We weren't playing our game. We weren't getting to our game, really, and Obviously, Hines has come in and has done a good job. And uh, our mentality right now has been great. We we know we have a good hockey team in that room. It's just are we willing to sacrifice it every single night and uh, willing to play the right way? Uh, and we've been doing that. And he's done a good job of holding a lot of the players accountable. And sometimes when you go through a stretch, you got to look yourself in the mirror as a player and say, am I giving it everything I got every single night or am I – you know, obviously, you're not going to have the best game every single night as a player, but, you know, you, you're doing what it takes to win. You know, all you need is one shift, you know, block a shot, get the puck out, get the puck in at the right time. And I feel like in the beginning of the year, we were chasing offense and uh, we weren't playing good defense. So, but we know we have a good group in that room. Uh, guys have belief in that room. It's just we've been playing good hockey as of late. Um, our record shows for it. We've been beating some good hockey teams, so we just got to stick with the structure side of it and keep having that belief in us. Well, you got a good group of guys, as you mentioned, and, and I don't know, I, I, I don't think uh, you've ever played with Mark Andre Fleury, had you, Pat? I looked it up today. No. no. He, to me, he was one of my favorite guys when I roughed him. Is he the same way, like all the time, that, that, happy all the time, funny, like just so likable because I just love the guy. And I just, no matter who he's playing for, I want to root for him. Yeah, no, he's, he's the best. He's probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met in hockey besides mm -hmm. Tima Solani. Um, but, you know, when you think back of playing with legends and guys that won before and character guys and, but he brings it every. He knows his role on the team, and he brings it every single day in practice. And he wants to get better every single day. But yeah, what you see is on Twitter, like the jokes and stuff. He's pranked me a couple times this year. But he's <laughs> he's he's just a great guy. He's just he's a he's a competitor. And um, last night I thought he was our best player, especially on the PK. He made some awesome saves. And uh, that's why he's going to go down as one of the best goalies in history. Just not only that is how he brings himself to the rink every day, how he acts against older guys to young guys, uh, the way he works in practice, um, the way he just comes around the room and says good morning to everyone. I think that's a huge positive, and that's why he's one of the best. And uh, he competes, and it's it's been a pleasure to play with, play with him. I know uh, – Someone's probably going to get it if you guys saw it last night. Uh, Brandon Duham said he was 50 years old. I saw that. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so I'm like, that poor kid. That poor kid's going to get it. Uh, <laughs> something's coming his way. I don't know why, but 
But you know what? Will you ever see that? But you know what, though? I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury's been around for so long. I can see why somebody thinks he's 50, right? He's been, like, in so many teams. And and I uh, he's one of my favorite players over the last 20 years for a lot of different reasons. And I think, Timmy, and I think you'll agree with me here, I don't think there's a goalie who has been disrespected more than Marc-Andre Fleury with the way he was treated with Pittsburgh when they kicked him out of the goal and and brought Matt Martin in or Matt Murray in and hell look at that beautiful face right there my goodness hey, hi, I love Goldie. it Patty what's your name Goldie 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 oh yeah that's adorable <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't didn't name Stanley after all the Stanley Cups that you won. But that's that's, <laughs> that's uh, unbelievable. But uh, listen, just my last little thought on Flurry. I, I love his personality for a guy who has been shipped around and disrespected, uh, and as one of the top five all time winning goaltenders, Mark Andre Flurry is one of the most professional and one of the most fun people to watch and looks like to be around. So I'm I'm really happy that you. Uh, that you look up to him like that, but a lot of guys must look look up to you there. You, you're in a locker room with a lot of young talent. That Kirill Kiprasov, Kaprasov is so fun to watch. I think watching Matt Zuccarello is absolutely incredible. How he plays this game with the lack of skating ability that he has, his brain and his playmaking ability. He uses that long stick. Um, what's it like? What's it like being in Minnesota? These guys. Are they talking to you a lot about where you were? You're winning three cups. You obviously play a pretty big role in that locker room, which you have for the last 10 years. Regardless of where you played lines, Pat, you are such an important role to every team that you play on. So how do these, how do these guys treat you? They ask you a lot of questions about where you've been in the last five years and the success that you've, uh, that you've attained. Yeah. Uh... Honest, uh, we've, we've talked about it, but no, not really. I think um, for me, I look at this group as um, obviously what the last five years, it's been what a first round exit, maybe a second round exit. And they, they haven't got over the hump. And if I can be a voice in the room of just helping guys out, challenging guys, uh, holding guys accountable. And I think sometimes that's what you need. You need some tough love to go farther and to, um, you know, attend goal to win a Stanley Cup. And, and if you can't take criticism, then you're playing the wrong game, right? So I think do, you, do, you in, find, do you find kids Do you find kids nowadays are finding that even harder to accept that constructive, maybe hard brotherly love criticism that someone that you might throw around? Is it, is it few and far between nowadays? For sure. I think when I first came in the league, um, I mean – uh, Timu, Saki Koivu, Gutslaw, Perry, Francois Boschman, Brian Allen, Sheldon Surrey. Um, wow! I mean, you can go. You can go down the list of guys I've I've played with, and um, you know it's just funny because like those guys would give you shit, and you you respected it, right? Or they'd call you out, and you respect it because you're learning from the best. I think it, the game has changed the opposite way, like. I think if you give someone some tough love, they take it so personal instead of taking it like, no, I'm telling you because I like you as a player and I think you can help us. Right. Right. And I think people take it so much differently now. Um, And I think social media kills it now. People read about themselves. um, And 
the world's a sensitive place right now. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And you just, and I think you guys can see it too. The league is a sensitive place right now. And I think, you know, when you, sometimes you got to watch what you say because you never know what's going to happen. But I think you, you got to challenge your teammates to be better every single night. And you got to hold yourselves accountable because if you want to move farther and you guys know more than anyone, in the playoffs or in the regular season, playing meaningful games on the stretch. I mean, that's what it's all about. And um, if you're not going to do it now, then you're not going to do it in uh, May and June. So uh, to your question, yeah, it's for sure it's changed a ton from when <laughs> I first came in the league. Well, I, I know I know the biggest difference from from going from Tampa to uh, Minnesota, you don't, you're not wearing flip-flops to practice. You're wearing winter boots. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I want to touch actually, on what's that. It's actually been pretty nice. We'll take the forties right now. No yeah. on the ground. I'm wearing a hoodie. So I'm, I'm comfortable right now. I'm That's good. good. Well, I want to touch on, because a lot of, a lot of listeners and a lot of people that are going to watch this, they know Patty Maroon. That's won three Stanley cups. That's tremendous success over the last few years. But a lot of people don't know, and you and I are, you know, you're from St. or from St. Louis, and I've lived here a long time. And our good friend Kelly Chase, who when I talked to you this morning, I was going to visit him at the hospital. He's got cancer, and we were talking, and you and I were talking. And Chaser and Brett Hull own this team called the Texas Arcana Bandits, and you won a championship there. Came to St. Louis, you had a lot of success. That was in the North American Hockey League. And a lot of people don't know that your coach was John Cooper. Did you know back then, like, I know it would be tough to maybe pinpoint, but did you know back then, I, I first of all, I love this coach. Second of all, I think he's going to make it to the NHL. But when I saw that you signed with Tampa, my immediate reaction was, you guys are like cookies and milk or peanut butter and jelly. Like, you two just go together so well. He loves you. He knows your how you play. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with Coop. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we have a really close relationship. Um, obviously, juniors is a lot different. Um, I'm sure a lot of listeners probably didn't know. Um, I was the guy in juniors, so right. um, we had uh, we had a good relationship, a good special bond. Uh, he leaned on me a lot. He challenged me a lot. Um, he helped me get to where I was a little bit. Um, and I think we just built that relationship. And I think when you win championships, you continue that relationship. And um, you always follow people's success when you move on. And for me, um, my end goal was obviously to try to make it to the NHL. But I didn't know what Coop's end goal was. I didn't know um, what his path was going to be. But after he left, uh, the St. Louis Bandits, and he won the Kelly Cup in the USHL. I said, okay, well, he's either going college or he's going straight to the American League. I feel like he's going to be in the NHL here in a, a few years. And um, obviously, he took the long path, and it's so so nice to see him get rewarded. Um, he's won everywhere he's went, and he's never changed his philosophy on himself. He's never changed as a person. He's still the same guy. I was with when I was in juniors, and I think that's unique. I feel like some coaches, maybe I'm wrong, you guys can might answer this, but some coaches are different somewhere else, and they come here, and 
they changed the whole thing. He's never changed one bit from meeting him, and I think that's why he's been so successful. He's a player's coach. Um, he understands it. He understands what the room needs at times. He understands when to challenge the guys. He understands when to lay back, and he's got that personality for it too. And he's got that lawyer instincts in him too. So, but we we have a really unique relationship. Um, and obviously we talk quite a bit and we always check in on each other and uh he's more he's a friend now to me now he's not a coach right now but uh but playing for him um we turn that off and we obviously i'm a player he's a coach so um he knows what i bring to the table he knew what i brought when i went there and um challenged me a lot and i think that and like that goes back to your tough love you know, when people challenge you, how are you going to take it? Are you going to pout or are you just going to bitch? Are you going to call your agent or are you just going to say, fuck it, and go out there and play your game, right? And I think he does a good job of that. So, like I said, we have a unique relationship, and I'm very proud of what he's done and accomplished in his career. So it's been fun to see his success and uh, how he got there. Did it did it bother you the other day uh, when Chief when Craig Berube got fired? Because I know how much you love Chief and how much he loved you. Yeah. And you here your first cup in st louis did it bother you yeah it did i texted him yeah i texted him that night actually yeah it's um, it's it's, it's, it's just, actual it's actual it's actual bullshit actually yeah it's I, bullshit yeah, I, and i agree and armstrong armstrong ought to be ashamed of himself of firing such a good guy i'm just going to say that right now i'll let you finish it but that is just a joke that you let someone like that quality of a of a of a coach in person that brought you your first Stanley Cup to and one game behind 500 to have that happen. Sorry, go ahead, finish your finish your assessment. No, yeah, I just think I, I felt bad for him because um, I know what he brought to that city. I know what he's done for those for that team, that organization. Um, I love Chief. I had him in the American League and Philly when I was there. Um, I basically came up with Philly. He was assistant coach there when I was there the whole time. And um, to go back in St. Louis to bring the first Stanley Cup back, um, it's obviously hard. You know, it's funny. From being from St. Louis, I'm getting texts from everyone. Can you believe this shit? I'm like, well, no, I can't now. I mean, but, um, you know, Chief, he's so laid back. And he's he just, everything he's going to do, he's just like, Pat, it was probably meant to be, but, Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I think he's going to land a good job here soon. Hopefully a lot of coaches are on the fence and a lot of coaches are getting fired. Uh-oh, we lost him. Yeah, we lost him. Um, I, I, I think he's yeah, – there okay. he is. All right, there he is. Go ahead. Yeah, Perfect. The, the, yeah, I think I think Patty will probably before he – you know, he's in a position, as you guys know, He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna get a coaching job again soon. He's gonna be in the in the league very, very quickly. You, well, you, don't, you know, he'll be, in, he'll be in the league as quick as he wants to be, though, because Stanley Cup champion coach, very respected in the league. If I was, if I was Craig Berube, he should be patient, wait for the right opportunity. TNT, I, I know, has already offered him a job to go to do some TV stuff. Sit back, sit back, yeah. and look at the best opportunity for you know for for what's best for you. So, yeah. well, that's what Taka did. 
Taka did the same thing. He waited and waited, got the nice opportunity, and now look what he's doing in, in Vancouver. Hey, Pat, Pat, I want to I want to know what the hell you were eating, or you know what was going on in your life for three years straight that you you <laughs> like seriously. If if I could have if I could have like grabbed you and taken a trip to Vegas like every summer for like those three years, I probably would have made you know tens of millions of dollars with you next to me in Vegas because your luck seemed to follow you and your hard work <laughs> seemed to follow you. Like, what was it like? I mean, winning a Stanley Cup in St. Louis, being their first Stanley Cup, and me playing Chicago, and I know how passionate St. Louis Blues fans are, and to win that first cup was so monumental in St. Louis. That had to be unbelievable. But then to pick a team to go where you won two other that you had to have been, like, this, this is like a dream for me. Like, you're there's only so much celebrating you can do. I did 21 years. I didn't even barely get close, but once and you did three years in a row. That is absolutely a spectacular. You're, you're in NHL history. Like, how does that make you feel, man? It's awesome. Yeah. It's obviously, um, I think you guys all know when you, when you get to the NHL and you're a full timer, that's the pinnacle you made. the That's the top you've done. You achieved everything. And if, and when you stick, it's just like this is the most like that was the most important thing to do. You achieved your goal, and then the next goal is to win Stanley Cups, right? And when you're in your league and you listen around and how hard it is, and you listen to old time stories and about ice packs when the guys walk past the locker room and how pissed off you are, um, you know it's. I was kind of on cloud nine for a little bit. The St. Louis one was. Uh, very special. Not only that, because my dad was a season ticket holder back in the old arena. Um, you know, our van, used, we used to park down by the train station and we'd walk out and our van would get broken into pretty much every night. So, <laughs> uh, but like for me, um, that was unbelievable. I think um, where we started in the beginning of the year, where we ended up was just like the end result. And you know, you sit down, you look around the room when everyone's kind of relaxed and and, um, and you can't believe you did it. And for me, from being a hometown kid, it was, uh, I think, the coolest moment for me uh, when the families get to come on the ice, getting to hug my mom and my dad and wife and my son, especially my dad, because, like, he's just such a big sports, St. Louis sports guy, and he went to the Super Bowl in 99 in Atlanta. And um, when the Rams beat the the Titans, so I mean, wow. just to have that moment with him, and uh, you know, being a huge sports fan of St. Louis, um, and have his son bring, well, the team bring the first Stanley Cup back to St. Louis was a very special moment. And then, um, yeah, Tampa second one was like, well, wow, I won it back to back. That's pretty cool. Like. <laughs> has, has anyone else done that? And then you look around and you're like, yeah, a bunch of people have done that. And then um, the third one was a dream. That was like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. Like, I can do this all the time. I think the end, re- <laughs> I, I think the end result of it and watching the players sacrifice of what they go through um, and the battles, the, the injuries, um, the sacrifices that people make to get to the end result. I think. Tell us, tell us about those. Tell, tell us about those. Because you're, you're going into a place that not many people understand than us being in that locker room. 
the sacrifices, the pain that people have to go through to 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 win three mm-hmm. cups and to go that far. You you have seen some unbelievable um, sacrifice, sacrificial kind of mentalities of guys that play with injury. Like, tell us a couple of things that you saw through your three runs that you're like, yeah. this, this guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the first year, obviously, Stammer coming back from injury, trying to play, trying to play, can't play, can't play. Um, you know, John Ruda, broken foot, trying to play. Then they rest him. He's not playing. Guys playing with, you know, meniscus tears, um, backs, hips. I think just that, just what guys go through to sacrifice themselves to, like I said, to go through the end result. And I think um, Killer broke his foot against Montreal in game two, a block shot. And he had had surgery. He tried to skate and play in game four in Montreal and game five in Tampa. The guy couldn't even move. He had a metal plate in his foot. And I Um. think... You That's see the sick. sacrifice. Yeah, you see the sacrifices that guys try to go through. Uh, I think one of the coolest moments for me though was, was when we went back to the Stanley Cup Finals, losing to Colorado for the fourth time. We went through so many injuries that year, and we lost Braden Point against Toronto. First, first game one. Um, and then that was like kind of a deal breaker for us. We're like, shit, well, we're losing one of our best players. Uh, but just to see the guys come in and filter in and guys went down, guys would come in and see the sacrifices everyone went through. And we're going through uh, the series of Colorado. Sorelli's playing with a bad shoulder. He can't even hold his stick up. He's trying to play. He's getting hit. It hurts every time he gets hit. Pointer tries to play with a torn quad. He can't stop. And, you know, we, we're trying to play these guys. Cooch is playing with two bad hips. And, you know, Stammer's playing with a bad groin. And Hattie's playing. I think he had a bad bad shoulder. And, I mean, these are our top players you're talking about. And yeah, Brendan, Brendan Hagel had a broken foot that he played through, through the whole time. And for me, I thought that Colorado – series showed us so much character because everyone had us out but we still had belief knowing those guys couldn't even move or get hit or skate and I remember game five we lose Braden Point tries to play he only plays one shift Sorelli only plays like six minutes or seven minutes and you know we're basically down to three lines and some guys are still hurt and you know we win game five and to see the guys in the room and how proud everyone was of the sacrifices we just went through. Even though we were going home, we didn't think game yeah. six was a guarantee, but our job was to bring game six back to Tampa and we still have a chance. And game six, we go up one nothing. You know, they scored two early ones and uh, two late ones in the, th- in the second. And you can see guys try to push in the third, but we were trying, we were trying, and we just didn't have that push. But to see the sacrifices the guys went through the last those three years, but Colorado certainly was pretty well, impressive. So well, it was well, fun to watch. 
What I was really happy about when you guys won your second cup in Tampa, the first one you won in the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Second one, I'm like, and listen, it, you won the Stanley Cup, but you're you're carrying it around in Toronto or Edmonton, I guess, and and you know it just doesn't have that same effect as a as a full building. And I wanted you guys because so many sports teams. I don't think Pittsburgh. Well, I know Pittsburgh, the Stanley Cup sits one. He's never been able to raise it in in Pittsburgh, and that's unbelievable. He's never been able to raise the cup in front of his home fans. I wanted you guys to win the, that second, that your third cup, Tampa's second cup in a row, in in Tampa, and you guys were able to do that, and that must have been exhilarating because I know you had a phenomenal. I lived here, you know, during 2019 when the Blues won the cup, and my wife even said to me once because we were going to party after party after party, and and uh, she's like, Peel, Tim, she goes, you realize you haven't won the cup, right? You know, like, <laughs> and, but, but I know how much it meant for the Tim, city. You, you, Tim, you kept cups from people. <laughs> <laughs> but the Tampa, I know how much you fun, had fun in St. Louis, but the Tampa Stanley Cup parades on the boats, uh, Patty, were legendary, weren't they? Like legendary. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's they, the best celebration? That's a great. That's a great question, Tim. Like, what's what's the best celebration that you've seen? That, you, that you've seen parties, been to parties. You had three in a row. What was the best best celebration of a Stanley Cup that you saw during those three years? Uh, great question, Tim. Great, great, great lead, Tim. I love that. You're, put, you're putting me on the spot. Oh man, I'm from St. Louis, so I think. Uh, when you watch like other parades, it's kind of like they're on the boat, they're on their float, and they're just like waving. St. Louis guys were so we were so hammered, <laughs> and uh, I mean, uh, guys. Eventually, I just like screw it. I'm getting off my float. Like, what's what am I doing? Waving to these people? Like that seems boring. And then once we do, did that, like everyone got off their float and. O'Reilly and Bennington were stealing the little, those little dirt bikes, the little cop dirt bikes. <laughs> they were driving those around. I mean, it was nuts. We're, I was in this crowd. Um, you know, Sanford threw up on the guy driving the his car. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you guys are doing everything. Steiner, I mean, Barbara, I think Barbershed fell or someone fell off the fire truck because Steiner was trying to drive it. I mean, it was. <laughs> it was a gong show. It was a gong show. Uh, but I think Tampa was unique because it was the first ever bull parade, right? So, like, yeah. the COVID one was cool. I thought the second one we'd go back on dry land, but we went back in the boat. That was fun, though. I mean, the boat parades were fun. A little hectic that time, uh, but it was cool to be on water. Your shirts off. You're in your swimming trunks. You're you're chugging beers. You're next to fans <laughs> and other boats are launching beers at you. I mean, I probably got hit in the head a hundred times. I probably had a concussion. <laughs> beers would be flying everywhere. Um, hey, I don't know if a lot of, I don't. Hey, I don't know if a lot of those Europeans can swim so well. They fall off that boat. There might be, you know, man overboard. Look out, Kucherov. <laughs> Go ahead. No, Patty, I was going to say Kucherov had a good time at those parades. <laughs> had a good time, yeah. But it was funny because, like, we're passing the cutback from each boat. Some guys had it on jet skis. I'm like, this 
these the cup keeper must have a heart attack right now because <laughs> the poor the Stanley Cups just get tossed around. It's on the jet ski in the middle of the bay, just driving around. I'm like, Jesus Christ. We're going to have to bring in the Navy SEALs. They're going to have to bring in the Navy to come in and find the, the oh, Stanley Cup at the bottom of the harbor. Listen, <laughs> listen, buddy, you, I told you we, we were going to keep you for 20 minutes today. I want you to get back to your daughter, but there's one last question because I know you got this is your only night off for a while. No, you're good. Uh, I've got time. I've, the, I'm not doing anything. Okay. The, uh, the parade, you get on the stage. Everybody's there. You guys are hammered. You haven't stopped drinking. I was at Ob Clark's with you a few days before. The place was it was it was a shit show for, for the whole week in St. Louis. Where did you come out with the legendary "I'm a hometown hero"? Where where did you come up? Like what made you think of that at that moment? Um, I was talking to the boys. I think it was wait was it Sanford or Vince Dunn or maybe. One of those guys are Bennington. I don't know. They're just like, you should just tell them you're the hometown hero or something. So I was just like, all right, yeah, I'll just do that. So I went up there. I just said it. But I was so drunk. Listen, you are a hero. Dude, you are a hero. Yeah, you are a hero. There's no question about it. Um, and I think I think a lot of... I think a lot of people and a lot of players, especially a lot of young players, will really um, see your career and how you've been able to to really stretch a long career out of the position and the player that you are. Um, and you've seen you've seen how the game has changed. And you're you're one of the old school guys. You're one of the guys that can play the game. You have toughness. You can fight. You can battle. You protect your players. You're a rare breed in the game, and you've been able to to withstand the I think the league's craving to get rid of players like you, Pat. And you you should be commended for that. And I, I can see you're still enjoying the game. You still have a huge influence in the game. And um, you know, I'm, I'm very envious of you. I'm very envious of you. I've I'm, I've been a fan since I started watching you. <laughs> uh, no, really, I've been a fan. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, since we since we chatted when 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 we, you were in St. Louis, I was really I was really taken aback and loved the story of your son and yourself. Um, you know, the, your journey has been amazing, and you know, good people get good results. And you're you're <laughs> one of you're hey you're one of the good people, Pat. And I, yeah. I think you're great. I think you're great. I really oh. do. And a lot well, of people. I appreciate it. I, that means a lot to me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we need uh, – I feel like we can't get that out of the game. We need some more guys that can play the game and protect protect their teammates. We can't we can't let that die now. <laughs> well, I agree. And, Jr., you, you probably know this, but there was when, – when Patty signed with the Blues on a one-year deal, he had an offer from a couple other teams for two-year deals, but Anthony, his son, means so much to him. He's like, I want to come back and play in St. Louis. This might be the only chance. So we love you, buddy, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on, and I'm rooting for you guys. you got a good dressing room there. John Hines, he's a good coach. you got good goaltending. Billy Guerin's one of my favorite guys. I'm rooting for you guys. No, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we got to get that uh... – we got to get that golf game going, Pilsy. Yeah, well, I watched this. <laughs> I watched the Spit and Chicklets one with you and Timu. Oh, that, that was hilarious. Hey, by the by the way, you you mentioned Timu Solani. 
he is the greatest, the, the greatest athlete in all the history of athletes, people wise, and obviously his game. But you know how good a guy Timo is, right? Oh, he he had me, he had me rolling, crying, pissing my pants, laughing. Not only oh, yeah. during, not only during the show, but I watched it afterwards. And yeah, that was a that was a fun match. That was a fun match. Oh, I mean, you guys killed them, but they didn't have a chance. No, they didn't have a chance. Hey, you know, you have a you have a Hall of Famer and and what should be a Hall of Famer if they ever get off their asses and stop stop keeping me out. But that's another story all in itself. Patty, you're the best. Seriously, no, thank I you agree. for you be thank one of the greatest Americans to ever play the game. And it was thank so you. Fun to watch you grow up, and it's I think you should be right there. And, thank uh, you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. I need well, to put my ballot in. Let me know. <laughs> buddy, you hey by the way, the way it's going, you're gonna be in before me. You're gonna be in before me. So <laughs> but if that's if that's the case, I'm giving it right to you. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey Pat, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. All continued success. And now uh good luck there in Minnesota. That's that's a that is a very, very tough town to play in, and you guys are gonna do great things. So good luck, buddy. Guys, I love your show. Keep it up. Thanks, Patty. You need the best. Uh, See you guys. Yeah. Incredible. incredible, incredible. It's it's, and I didn't bring it up, and I and I because you know we're, we can I, we asked him a bunch of questions, but when they won the cup in 2019, I know his brother uh, Phil, and I'm talking to Phil, and he's like, Pat's really down. He was a healthy scratch. He was up in the press box in January. Yeah. And, and contemplating, do I continue to play? Where's where's my career going? And but his mental toughness, he's like, no, nope, you know what? Screw them up. I'm, I'm and 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 then all of a sudden he's got three Stanley Cups in his in his uh rep like resume. Like it's incredible. It's an incredible story. And he's such a humble guy around St. Louis. He's, he's so humble. He's, he's so good. Golf course. See him around. He's nice to everybody. You wouldn't know that he won a Stanley Cup or a. a, a Toilet bowl, like he—he's just nice to everybody. He does it's I love the guy. I'm so happy for him. Well, can we can we talk about a team that's nice to everybody at home? Buffalo, at, at home, a, a team that is nice to everybody at home. The Buffalo Sabers, and, and I know there's a lot going on in the league, and it just seems that we pick on the Buffalo Sabers a lot, and. I do. I know I do because I expect more from them, and I know their fan base. Buffalo Sabers have one of the best fan bases in all of sports. One all of the sports. Best. One of the best. Like, like unbelievable. And the the absolute shit quality of hockey that the Buffalo Sabers are playing in front of their own fans is utterly embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and I don't know who should be accountable to this. If it's Granado, or if the players are just so nonchalant and don't care about playing in front of their own fans and playing a consistent style of hockey, or if they are just so brain dead that they just go into games not even thinking about the game and just hoping that they win, but they just got embarrassed, embarrassed by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And by the way, the Columbus Blue Jackets are learning how to play a hard style of the game. And they just fed a team that just doesn't know what they're doing on a nightly basis. And it's so frustrating for me to watch PLZ because they do actually have a pretty good lineup in front of them. 
it's it's mind-boggling and and you know to all our buffalo listeners jr and i are on the same page we love we love the buffalo fans our our good buddy matthew barnaby tweeted out last night or this morning he said we're six years into the rebuild and i i retweeted and i said it's not fair to the buffalo fans because they deserve better that or that fan base deserves better it isn't to get beat nine four at home to the they're not playing the vegas knights they're they're playing the columbus blue jackets and i'm and columbus is Did they just beat the knights they just beat the knights in just, vegas they just beat the rangers in new york okay so uh, right? hold on. let's uh, so yes you're you're right um but you know, there's coaches being fired. You have Baruby, who is a great coach, who is one game under 500. He get he gets fired, and the coaches are getting fired all over the place. And and Granado keeps a job. I mean, at some point, but at some point, you know, you have a, a roster, and you're not preparing your guys mentally, or is the is the message? from the coach to the players not resonating because if it's not you got to fire the coach and i know granado the granado family is a great hockey family i they know and tony and tony granado i love him to death and god god bless tony granado i pray for him every single day one of my favorite people in the world cammy granado this is not a, this is not a family or granado issue this no. is a coaching issue and something has to be done because because Granado doesn't want to, he does not want to, um, he doesn't want to chastise his team. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to make his team accountable and skate them or put them in the press box or, or you can't do that. You can't just allow this, this nonchalant half-ass hockey to happen at home. Listen to this. Okay. You ready? We're going back to November 27th. November 27th, Buffalo goes into the New York Rangers, the hottest team in the league at the time. They won nine straight. Buffalo wins 5-1, okay? You would think that is going to propel them, right? That's a great win for them. We're going we're gonna to go off, okay? We're going to go start doing great things, okay? The next game, they go to St. Louis. They lose 6-4. They just beat the Rangers. They can't beat St. Louis. They lose 6-4 in St. Louis, okay? Then you come back a couple days later, Couple days later, Buffalo at Carolina. Carolina's a good team, yes, but they get swamped six two. Okay? Where where's their team loyalty? Then they go home. Okay? You beat the Rangers. Now you just win you lose back to back games. You go home and you play Nashville. Now Nashville's a competing team, but they're not better than Buffalo. I don't think on paper. Buffalo loses at home two one. Two one. In front of their own fans, okay? So that's demoralizing. They're not doing anything. Now they lose, okay? Then what happens? They stay at home. Detroit comes in. Detroit's struggling. Detroit beats them 5-3 in front of their own fans, okay? That is, that's unacceptable. Buffalo should beat them. Then Buffalo goes into Boston. They don't have Tage Thompson. They don't have a couple other their top guys. Buffalo beats Boston, the, one of the top teams in the league, 3-1 in Boston. How does that happen? How does that happen? How do you not beat Detroit? How do you not beat Nashville? But then you go into Boston and you win 3-1. This is a mental this is a mental team that mentally can't prepare themselves and they don't know whether their ass is leading their elbow 
or what? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so they beat Boston. You would think that is the game that is going to propel them, right? We just beat Boston, our arch rival, in Boston. What do they do? They come back two days later into their own building, and they lose to Montreal 3-2 to two in overtime. Montreal, okay? A joke. Let me just finish this because it's once we – then Buffalo goes to Arizona, who is a tough place to play in right now because they're a tough team. And Buffalo beats Arizona 5-2 in Arizona, not in their building. Then guess what then guess what Buffalo does? Then they go into uh they go into Colorado, they get spanked by Colorado. Okay, I'll accept that. No big deal. Colorado's really good. Then Buffalo goes a couple days later, Buffalo goes into Vegas. Vegas, the number one team in the league. Yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights, Stanley Cup champions, and they beat them five to two. The Jekyll and Hyde bullshit of the Buffalo Sabres has got to reach an end at some point. And I don't know who is going to make this message happen, whether it's the GM, the coach, or if the players have to finally decide that we are going to play as a team. Or are we going to keep doing this? Let's just jump into a game and hope that we win and see what kind of team we are from one night to the next. Buddy, I'm telling you right now, it's embarrassing. It's it's unbelievable. I really don't think – I think you could bring – you know, I, and I wanted to bring this up tonight. I don't care what people can say. Oh, he shouldn't be in the, in the game or whatever. Joel Quenville has been – Two and a half years now he's been on the bench. Two and a half years. Never been charged with anything. Never been convicted of anything. Never, okay. When does Gary Bettman let Joel Quenville back in the league? Joel Quenville is a good man, and people can beat me up. What? I'll take it. I don't give a shit. But I don't know if you brought Joel Quenville in, Craig Berube. I, that makeup of that team, I do not like it. I think they're too soft on the back end. Players like Jeff Skinner. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, hey, Tim, real quick. I was wrong, and Nick was right. They lost to Arizona 2 nothing. Sorry. So they lost. Go ahead. Keep going. Jeff Skinner Thanks, for me. They, I, I love Kyle Ocposo as a person. He's too slow to play in the league now at 35, whatever he is. Jeff Skinner is a selfish player. I reffed him. I see how he interacts with his players, with his teammates, yells at his teammates. He's not a good team guy. That's when he, that's why he's been around a bunch of teams. I don't think they have the right makeup of that team. And three seven Adams, you you you've been the GM. I love yeah. I, I love Kevin Adams. I love him as a guy, but he's he's got to get some tough love, man. It's four years in June that you've been doing this rebuild, like Matthew Barnaby said. It's been going on six years. You got to move on, but. It it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs for the Buffalo fans. But I want to talk about. We've had four coaches uh, released, fired uh, before December, before Christmas. All of last year, we had one coach fired, and that was Boos Boudreaux, Laviolette, um, um, Larson, Sutter. On and on, Hines, Gerard Gallant, they were all let go at the end of the season. Why do you think we've had – and I, I'm sorry, but I live in St. Louis and people might get pissed at me, but I don't really care. 
what Jordan Cairo said about Craig Berube the other day was embarrassing. And he deserved to get booed at home. The next day they cheered him. He was the first star. But have some respect for your frigging coach that you, might, you tell 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 our listeners tell our listeners what Jordan Cairo said about uh, Berube. He, he was asked, "What do you think about Craig Berube getting fired?" He goes, "I have no comment. He's not my coach anymore." And that's a guy that has won a cup in the city. I've been out with him. Uh, I've seen cooks from the kitchen come out and hug him at a bar or a restaurant. He's he's kind to people. He's humble. He's the type of coach that the St. Louis fans loved. Blue collar, hardworking guy, respects the game, respects his players. Jordan Cairo is making eight million a year, and he had five goals until the other night uh, this season. Jordan Cairo is one of the reasons that Craig Berube got fired, and he disrespected him so much. And from what I've been told, there's a lot of people in that, that dressing room. There's a lot of people in that dressing room uh, that are pissed off at Jordan Cairo. And then well he, said. Okay, well said, Tim. Finish. Well and said. Then he cries. Okay, then he cries. Tomorrow night, he's playing Florida in Florida, okay? If I'm Matthew Kachuk or, or, or Sam Bennett or whoever on Florida, I'm going by him and I'm going, what's up, crybaby? What's up? I'm getting in his head so much. I've never seen a player cry. Yeah, you got booed at home, but guess what? Grow some balls, man. This, this is a man's game. And you are, there are players that are going to eat him alive for how he cried on TV. Awesome. What an awesome take. What an awesome way to finish a great show. Um, wow, what a great great guest Pat Maroon was. Um, what a great stance we had on Buffalo. They need to wake up. Kevin Adams needs to be, do some tough love and do some unpopular maybe decisions that he doesn't want to do. And for you to throw Jordan Cairo that little, um, that little rant, he deserves it. For a young kid to have that much disrespect for a guy who had a career like Bruby did to do the things that he did, bring a, a, a Stanley cup to a team that was last place in the league in January. Um, Jordan Cairo ought to be ashamed of himself and he should have got booed. And you know what? I'm glad he cried. Well done by you, Timmy, by bringing that out because that was just, and that was needed. Thanks to Pat Maroon. Thanks to wilderness in the wild. Whiskey in the Wild. Thanks to our sponsor, Bet Online, which means that it's time for our Saturday Locks of the Day. Saturday Locks of the Day. It's our last day before Christmas. Chris Blaine, we are going to give you winners because I know you go the opposite way. So we're going to give you winners. If you want to lose money, Chris Blaine in Detroit, you can do the opposite way. But we are going to go with our Bet Online Locks. Of the day for Saturday. Here we go. Go for it. Well, I'm going with with my lock. You can bet the the mortgage on it, the house on it. Vancouver had a little lull there for a few games, but our buddy Rick Tockett's got them back uh, to playing the way that we expect them to play. Saturday night, they're in San Jose, and I think uh, Vancouver is the lock of the week for me. That's who I'm going to put my money on. Jeez, Tim, let's go on a limb. <laughs> That's my Vancouver, <laughs> Vancouver at home against the San Jose Sharks. I want All right, my I'm going to go on a, 
I want my make money, buddy. <laughs> You're gonna have to put up some big numbers, some big juice to make to get that win. My juice is actually gonna be a little bit better, but I think Ottawa needs to change where they're going. They need to have a big game at home. Pittsburgh, I think, is one of those teams that is just struggling to just put two games together. And I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going into Ottawa. I think Ottawa is going to be hungry. I'm going to take Ottawa over Pittsburgh on Saturday. So look out for that game. I think that's going to be um, your best bet for your money. Chris Blaine, bet on Ottawa. Don't be an ass and go Pittsburgh because I know that's how you are. But yeah, you know, there are two more quick things, and then we'll sign off. Ottawa, I, I said it a month ago. They should have fired DJ Smith a month a month ago. They might have been able to have another maybe six, seven points in the standings. I understand the position Steve Stales was was in, but you could have done it a month ago. It would have been the same result. And uh, and Pittsburgh, it's hard to believe, and it breaks my heart because you know how much you and I both love Sid. They're not going to yeah. make the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. The yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough. I'm looking at the standings today of who they've got to climb. They're not consistent enough, consistent enough, and I don't think this this experiment with Carlson and Latang has turned out the way that Dubas thought that it would. Carlson's yeah. just been average, and it's unfortunate yeah. because we we don't have many more years to watch Sydney and 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 if uh, getting Malkin play in the playoffs. This might be it for a couple of years, buddy. Yep, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, listen, we want to thank you to uh, everybody in the chat group that's uh, that's that's talking on our chat line. Chris, Keenan, Underachiever, uh, John Duff, um, all our guys that are that are here all the time. Keenan, well, we really appreciate you guys chiming in. Um, want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, it is a it is that time of year where we got to be thankful for our friends and be kind to others. Uh, another great show, Snipes and Stripes, this Wednesday. Uh, hey, Timmy. You brought your you brought your goods tonight, man. I, I wish you a very merry Christmas, my friend. Thank you, buddy, don't forget happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish friends too. I got a lot of them here in St. Louis, so happy holidays to actually, everybody. Actually, I'm going to the Bahamas with all my Jewish friends on Monday, so yes, happy Hanukkah. We got we got to keep it. that in. I love to, it. To whatever you're celebrating this 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 uh, this holiday season, celebrate it safe. We love you guys. Thank you for being here. Snipes and Stripes on NoFilter.net. We will see you next Wednesday. I will be in the Bahamas. Hopefully I have a, a just as good as a background as I do right here at Bertelli's Pro Shop. We love you all. Great show, Timmy. Thanks, to Pat, Mar- Thanks to Pat Maroon. Merry Christmas.